to the Dungeon Mastermind podcast. I am Jake Packham, the host of this thrilling and adventurous podcast in which you are ingratiated and absolutely enthralled by week after week because you are my dedicated family, and that's about it right now. Uh, <laughs> today I have one of my old friends. Um, I have Caden Otley here with me. Introduce yourself, Mr. Caden. Okay, so yeah, Jake and I actually met because we were in a band together, funnily enough. Yeah. Um, I play guitar and I and I sing now. I didn't sing back then, but Jake Jake was the singing guy. And, and not anything else. He's a pretty good voice, so hopefully sometime on the podcast you get to hear that. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so I'm a realtor. I've been doing that for the last five years, and um, I've turned it into my um, day job. So I do that full time. It's been pretty awesome. Um, beyond that, I uh, love to be outdoors. I am super into rock climbing, doing slot canyons. I like to mountain bike. Um, I snowboard. Pretty much, you name it, I'll I'll, I'll try it and. Chances are I love it, so not drugs, but everything else. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do drugs, no, we, kids. No, <laughs> certainly not. Um, that's wonderful. Yeah, Caden uh, yeah, and I go way back. Um, only recently reintroduced again through Dungeons and Dragons of all things, yep. <laughs> which is really funny uh, how that all kind of came around. Um, yeah, give us a little background on your world of and, and experience of Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. So Jake actually got me into D D as well. With, without without trying. Without ever playing. Yeah. Without, yeah, before you'd ever played. <laughs> we were sitting in a car um in a parking lot and I can't remember how it came up but in California. Uh, in California, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I think we must have just been bored, you yeah. know, probably just waiting for something to happen. And Jake was like, hey, have you ever heard of D&D? And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty nerdy. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> and he's like, well, he's like, it's actually just like, you know, stuff happening in your mind. And, and like, you give yourself a chance to be creative and problem solve. And I was like, oh, well, that's actually right down my alley. And so we gave it a shot. He gave me a scenario. And I still remember the scenario. <laughs> And, um, and I was just enthralled and ever since I had been trying to find a group to play with up until our mutual friend, Justin invited me to play in his campaign. And so now I've been doing that for the last three years and with the same group and it's been amazing. So I love it. Yeah. You love to hear it. Um, today we are actually going to play using your character from our mutual friend, Justin Lewis, shout out Justin Lewis. Um, we're going to be playing kind of off of his world using your character yep. that you play in that campaign. Um, so tell us a little bit about Ether. So Ether is a professor. Um, he grew up, his parents were both alchemists and, um, kind of grew up off of, um, in, in a group of islands off of the sword coast. And so a little bit away from, you know, civilization and, and away from humans in a lot of ways. And so, um, a very like family centered kind of lifestyle. Um, and ether, um, through like mentoring and different things kind of came to have this obsession of, with like life, all things, life and death chose the path of necromancy and, and, um, really like dove into magic. And I mean, obviously I chose a wizard because I grew up loving Harry Potter and Aragon and, you know, all of these different. So naturally necromancy. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. The boy who lived <laughs> necromancy. Yeah. Right it's, there. it's like the opposite, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love life, so I decided to study death. Yeah, the boy who died and was reanimated. <laughs> yes, exactly. So yeah. yeah, for the folks at home um, who've never played Dungeons and Dragons, wizard, right? Level nine. Yeah, correct. Level nine. Um, school of Necromancy mm -hmm. wizard, uh, which means he subclassed within the wizard class, um, practicing. The arts of necromancy, yep. um, or the act of death and magic thereof. Yeah, um, not to be 
mistaken with necrophilia. We don't mess with that. That's no, a, it's we don't. a different game, and we don't play it. Nope. Not interesting. <laughs> um, so, we are going to be playing. This here is an incentive to come be on my podcast, y'all. Um, this is an Ether Eckhart dice, D20, um, to play with, and we are going to roll this encounter. Um, the encounter today, um, I guess to introduce the topic, uh, first before diving into the encounter, we're going to be talking about dexterity. Yeah. Dexterity is not traditionally a wizard-based, uh, stat. Um, wizards are intelligence based, so their spell casting modifiers and a lot of their um, skills and proficiencies are in the house of intelligence. Um, so Ether is not a super dexterous individual. Not unless he's turned into a werewolf, then it changes. But hey oh, little <laughs> tidbit there, folks. He has lycanthropy, yep. the disease of werewolfing. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, let's kick this off. Okay. Under the understanding that this is dexterity-based, let's chat with this wizard. Um, <clears throat> you are back on Al Greer. Um, the coastal air is fresh. It is warm. Um, and it feels light. Right? Um, for folks at home, hometown. Um, the sea, you can hear crashing against the beach. Um, the sea breeze comes through, you get the smell of the salt, you can hear the gulls up above. Um, it's warm, a, a smooth 74 degrees outside, um, that is Fahrenheit, um, and you feel youthful. Um, you are running, you are at a dead sprint right okay. now, um, and you don't feel tired um you can feel your heart rate is very high just because you are sprinting full tilt mm -hmm. um but you don't feel old okay and ether is 35 very old <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't feel 35 okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't feel like a 35 year old wizard yeah sprinting through your hometown okay okay um the town is not bustling. It's never been bustling. It's never been described as such. Mm -hmm. um, so there's not a whole lot of people out. Um, but you're running through this little thoroughfare. Okay. Um, and you notice your brother, Jens, next to you. Um, and he is young as well. Um, again, you feel youthful. Uh, the town, your brother, the air, it all feels familiar. Mm -hmm. uh, but the memory is not. Right. Yeah. You recognize that you are having a sort of out of body experience and you don't remember this scenario. Sure. Okay. Um, so I'm going to have you roll an intelligence saving throw okay. uh, with disadvantage. Ooh. Okay. So that one is a 12. And that one's a 6. So that's an 11. Or I guess I get proficiency, right? Sure. 15. All right. <laughs> so. Um, that is a failure. Um, <laughs> the dream continues. Um, I need you to also make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. This is where it's going to get bad. Is that one a disadvantage? It is not. That's a straight roll. Okay. Uh, DC was 16. So yet 16. another failure. <laughs> okay. You trip. Um, running. The, the streets are not smooth. I mean, it's... It's not a rundown town mm -hmm. by any imagination, but it is not. There's cobblestone. There. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It it is a tripping hazard. Sure. For a, a youthful, intelligent individual running full tilt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can hear gents call out to you. Um, only like a um, a peanuts adult, right? Like a okay. right, right. So you hear no no words really. Um, it's unintelligible, but he's, he seems to be having fun. Mm. Like, it's not like a, oh man, you know, yeah. like it's like a, you know, probably chiding you kind okay. of a, a call. Um, make a perception check. Okay. Seven. Oof. Goodness. Um. The dice you gave me is cursed. <laughs> it is cursed. <laughs> Necromancy. Um. Wonderful. So you failed that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I figured. Um, all right. Yeah. I mean, you can you you stand up um, and you you feel odd. 
Give me an insight check. Okay. Flat. 19. Okay. Um, yeah, you know you are having a, a dream okay. of some sort. Um, and with a 19, like, that's a pretty good roll. I would give you a little bit more on that and say, like, not only is this a dream, this isn't self-induced dream. It Like, it isn't? It is not. Oh, okay. You feel like this is a tampering mm. of sorts. Okay. Um, give me one more perception check. Okay. 17. Wonderful. You're being chased. Oh, in the dream. In the dream. Okay. Um, Jens doesn't see it, but you see this thing running on its hands. Mm. Um, it's it's like, like no, it's on all fours, oh, okay. right? Okay. Um, but like, it isn't paws. It isn't claws. It's something. Okay. Um, dog like. Um, but where a dog's head would be is like the top of a dog and you're familiar with dogs and wolves having that sort of in your blood. Sure. Um, and where it comes down to a snout becomes, uh, like a handful of tentacles. Um, and like each stride as it's sprinting at you, you can see like these tentacles just slurping off of its face with like this acidic, Goo, this filth falling off of these tentacles, burning the floor underneath it, oh my gosh. Uh, revealing a little bit of a beak of a mouth. Um, this Sweet like dog. Lovecraftian mm -hmm. horror dog yeah. um, is hot on your heels. Um, so it's past Jens. So Jens is ahead of you. Oh, Jens is ahead. You of have me. fallen okay. and now gotten up and started running again. Okay. 16, that's not bad. Jens does not trip. Okay. Um, he doesn't see this beast. He's looking right at you and doesn't associate this beast with the what's happening to him okay. right now. Um, I need you to make another intelligence saving throw okay. flat. Does flat mean without progression? Yeah, so just a straight roll. Okay, 18. Yeah. Okay. Um... I will give you an opportunity to try something. Knowing that this beast is on you, um, and this intelligence saving throw is like, this is giving you the ability to pull yourself from the dream. Okay. Okay. You feel the tether, right? Mm -hmm. Like a, 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 a mental arcana based tether to your mind okay. that you could almost physically grab to pull yourself out of this dream. Do you want to try anything now that you have this tether? Um, you mean like I could physically pull it? Mm -hmm. I would try to physically pull it, maybe. Okay. Um, give me a an arcana check. Okay. There we go. Uh, 28? Yeah. No, 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 no. 27. <laughs> that will do it, folks. Um, for the folks back home, 20 is a really high DC. 25 is... Very high. 30 is said to be almost impossible. A 27, pretty good roll. Um, Arcana-based attacks or assaults. Mm -hmm. is uh, An assault is probably a better description for what's happening. Okay. Um, is a little bit more in your repertoire and you're more familiar with this thing sure. that's happening. Um, as you pull from behind you, you feel the dream disapparating as it comes to focus, are you facing the dog or facing your brother? Um, I'm probably facing the dog. Okay. Um, so the dream continues to fade, um, and you hear Jen finally saying, run, as his voice kind of gets stolen in the air from behind you. Um, and the dog does not disapparate with the dream. Ah, so where am I? <laughs> You, um, gone are the sea breezes, gone is the, the, the coastal air, um, gone are the goals. It is this dank alleyway. Um, it smells deep. like <laughs> filth. Okay. Um, it smells like hobos have been here all the time. Okay. Um, and the cobblestones remain, but they are just, there's pools 
of filth within the, the uneven cobblestone. Oh, it's Los Angeles. Exactly right. <laughs> Reflecting the moonlight. Okay. okay. Um, the There are no stars out. Uh, in fact, you probably couldn't even tell that this is a moon. There is some light. Um, but the sky is just filthy. Okay. Um, the air is filthy, and you feel that. And this is all happening in the briefest of moments. Um, as the beast is lumbering toward you right now. I need you to roll initiative. Okay. 12. 12. Ah. The beast has a higher dexterity okay. and will go first. Fair enough. So, folks, initiative. Uh, determines the turn count for combat. Um, we both rolled a 12. However, Ether does not have a super high dex. Um, and unfortunately, this... Flare Beast oh. <laughs> does have a pretty good dex. Um, give me, give me a nature too. check, or I, I don't want to give you Arcana. You know what? Give me an Arcana check. Sweet. Why not? Arcana is much better. Um, sorry, my my math is sucking right now. Eighteen. So um, this is a a version, uh, almost like an an illithid. Um, Cousin, right? An illithid is a mind flayer, okay. um, but this is almost like a twisted crag cat. Hmm. Um, something you have read about being a, a studious individual. Sure. Um, and with an arcana check like that, I won't give you super details, but you know that this beast, um, before it was altered, mm -hmm. was used to hunt mages. Okay. <laughs> For a couple of reasons, but you don't know specifically why, and if you look it up, I'm going to hit you in the nuts. No, I won't, but yeah. I, was, I was getting my spells ready. Yep, and you probably should. <laughs> um, so, the beast is going to make a pounce attack okay. at you uh, with a 18 to hit. Just barely. Just kidding. Wizards, man. I know. <laughs> Fourteen points of slashing damage um, as this beast. So I don't know how you want to do this, but as a lycanthrope, I take half on physical damage. Are you damage. shifted? Uh, not yet. There we are. <laughs> Can't have a dungeon master me, boy. <laughs> so you take fourteen points of slashing damage okay. as the two front. They are hands. Humanoid hands shift a little bit uh, with into like claw shapes um, and just rend your chest. Wow! Uh, with two big old blows. Okay. I need you to make a strength saving throw. Good. Fifteen. <laughs> Dang. All right. Well, fifteen is what does it. Yes. You are not grappled in its tentacles. Well, thank goodness. At your face. Um, while it is rending at you, its neck almost extends to reach out toward you. Um, this, I mean, you, you recognize that it should be a crag cat, mm -hmm. uh, but it has no fur. Um, it looks like with the, the pores on its skin that it had fur at one point that yeah. just has fallen off and now just looks like one of those bald cats um, with a, a, a little bit of a greener hue to the skin. Um, it's gross. Okay. Um, but its neck extends as the tentacles come <laughs> reaching for your face. Wow. Uh, and it is now your turn. Okay, so I'm going to use my bonus action, um, and I'm going to get my mage hand, and I have the telekinetic uh, okay. feet, so I'm going to try and shove it back five feet. Okay. I make a strength setting throw, right? Yeah, it's a DC 15. Okay. I roll with advantage. Oh, do you really? Gosh dang it. Yeah. Fourteen on the die for a total of twenty. I figure. Okay. So dirty twenty on my strength save. I do not get pushed back. Okay, that's okay. So now I'm gonna get my wand of lightning bolt and okay. <laughs> just jab it into the into its face. Okay. So uh, deck save. Uh, it is. Yep, a deck save. Okay. Also at advantage. Really? Goodness. 
18. No way! Yeah, okay. Plus, plus 6 to my dexterity saving throws. Alright, I'm just gonna do the 8d6 right here so we don't have to wait for me to roll that. 25, so you take 12. I actually don't. No! And I need you to make a dexterity saving throw. What? <laughs> no! <laughs> I got a 4. You take 12 points of lightning damage. Um, as as your spell is returned back onto you. Really? Oh my goodness. Okay. That is scary. That's your action. That's your bonus action. Anything else? That's pretty much all I got. So. You can try and run. Well, then I, he gets an opportunity attack. For sure he does. No, there's no way. <laughs> all right. Um, I need you to make, it is my turn again. Um, I'm going to need you to make another strength saving throw. Okay. As it attempts to grapple you. In the base. Six. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> this disgusting base. Wait, wait, give me advantage because I grapple in real life. I also do jujitsu. He does do jujitsu, however, Ether does not. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> what is your strength modifier? It's plus one. Yep, he does not. Yep. <laughs> Did you take the grappler feat? No. <laughs> he does not. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, um, this crag cat illithid form um its tentacles latch on to the back of your head um like you're making out with davy jones right wow. now um, but instead of a, a mouth that davy jones, um is just a beak um that throws itself into your mouth Not hot. um <laughs> and is attempting to drill into your brain wow um and that is oh you take... That is the death of me. He was about to say. Six points of acid damage. Wow. And that's your turn, my friend. You are currently... You currently have the grappled condition. Okay. So your speed is zero. Can I transform? I don't see why not. Okay, I'm going to do that as my bonus action. Okay. Give myself 15 temporary hit points. <laughs> Tell us what you look like. What what does this transformation look like as you go from skinny wizard man uh -huh. into a werewolf? Well, um, Ether's already like 6'4". He's a pretty lanky dude. But lurpy. Yeah, lurpy. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I imagine it like a, like a very like you know, bent over form, like, mm, sure. the fur grows out quite a lot, I don't like those bald werewolves, yeah. um, but leaves a lot of, like, the cloak is still there, because it's already pretty baggy, mm. and, like, um... Intentionally baggy? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Exactly. So, nice. it's like a, like a Hulk yeah. type. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of spandex. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I love it. Uh, so, you have now shifted into your werewolf form. Yes, and I think... Do you maintain your spell casting ability in your werewolf form? I do in hybrid. So, okay. yeah. So, like, my hybrid form is, like, there's, like, pure wolf, and then there's, like, the bipedal form. So, I was okay. going for more of the bipedal one. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Because you want to be able to cast spells. Exactly, I yeah. Because <laughs> if I can't cast spells, I can bite, and it's weak. <laughs> so. Um, so, I'm grappled. Mm -hmm. That means I can't cast spells. You can attack. If it is a ranged spell attack, it would be at disadvantage because you are casting uh, right next to you, which feels like a, a backwards game mechanic, if we're being honest. Sure. Like, if I'm shooting something from point blank, it should be an auto hit, right? Mm -hmm. um, but in Dungeons & Dragons, if you're using a ranged weapon or spell attack uh, from the person right next to you, it is at disadvantage. Okay. So I actually want to cast Resilient Sphere interesting and i'm going to encase myself i'm going to attempt to encase myself okay interesting <laughs> <laughs> for the folks at home read that spell um so a sphere of resilient sphere I, I don't think so i think oh. it's just normal uh, resilient. It's the normal it could be Lame. <laughs> a sphere of shimmering force encloses a creature or object of large size or smaller within range an unwilling creature must make a deck save um, uh, what's, what's, the, what's the difference? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Someone is, uh, some wizard gave themselves the, the, yeah, the sphere. That's cool. 
Um, nothing, not physical objects, energy, or spell effects can pass through the barrier, in or out. Um, though a creature in a sphere can breathe, the sphere is immune to all damage, and creatures or objects inside can't be damaged by attacks or effects um, originating from outside, nor can a creature inside the sphere damage anything. The sphere is weightless and just large enough to contain a creature. Um, an enclosed creature can use its action to push against the sphere wall and roll the sphere up to half the creature's speed. Similarly, the globe can be picked up and moved by other creatures. A disintegrate spell targeting the globe destroys it without harming me. Okay. Um, how big is the sphere? So it's just big enough to... For in, one person. Enclose me, yeah. yeah. So large I, size or smaller. And I figured this is what I would do. So like, okay. he has me grappled with his tentacles. Uh -huh. I'd grab onto his head. Okay. And I would throw my legs up and try and get as small as I could so that I'm contained in a ball. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, interesting, man. How do you... Maybe, like, is it, like, maybe it rolls for, like... I don't know. Yeah, I would think, like, because I have you, yeah. right, actively, like, I am holding you. Um, I would say make a... Uh, an opposed like a free of grapple check right sure so like either acrobatics or athletics i'll give you advantage because you're casting a spell that i imagine is like an extension spell right not like <laughs> dirty 20 oh nice like it's coming out right to form a bubble sure rather than just like whoop yeah. It's, it's just there. Like, even then, I, I even made it, like, come out. You know, it's, it's like, if it's, like, coming out of you, like, I would think that you could get out. Sure. Like that. Okay. Um, so I'll just do mine straight. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, so, yeah. The, the sphere emits from you as you kind of release yourself from the tentacles. And you see this beak has... Be is less of a, a like a clamshell type beak mm -hmm. and it is just a straight up drill okay um that has like a little bit of your blood on it and some acid with it um this creature um is going to let's see use all three legendary actions oh my gosh <laughs> to cast dispel magic at fourth level. Wow. Okay. I'm going to counterspell. <laughs> At fourth level. <laughs> <laughs> and I used my. Do you roll for counterspell when it's the same level? When it's the same level, you don't. You don't. Yeah. Dang. Or I, can just, or I can just take that back if you want to break the resilient spirit and we can move on to something else. I didn't want to break that so bad. But. That is how D&D works. It's true. Sometimes, you know, your job as the DM is not to win. But for me, it's all about winning. That's fair. And if the entire party doesn't die, I didn't win. And that's not fun for me. Wow. Well, it lasts for up to one minute. So I would like to... Um, now that I've like broken free, use my movement. So I get half my movement and I'm going to sure. roll 15 feet away. Okay. Uh, the beast has a speed of 50. I so it will just kind of lazily try. It'll, it'll the, just like walk around you okay. while you are walking. Is around. it like how close to me is it? Um, I would say probably within the five feet. Right. So like, okay. should the sphere pop, it'll, it's engaged with yeah. me. Okay. To think. Mm, question for you though. Yeah, tell me. What shape did you take when you made the sphere again? Um, it's true, so I'm. <laughs> How are you moving? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing my weight. I guess probably not very effectively. <laughs> so maybe I'm moving up like five feet. Uh, can you cast any spells out of it? No. Oh, dang. So you're just kind of stuck there. Well, so let's see. So I can't pass through the barrier. Yeah. So I think, tell me what you think. Nothing can pass through the barrier in or out. So if it's my turn, I could drop concentration theoretically Correct. and do something. Correct. Okay. 
So is it my turn? Sure. Okay. Um, my guy has nothing you can do with it. But you did burn your counterspell. I did. They're almost out of fourth level spells. <coughs> <coughs> Alright, I'm going to use my one fifth level spell and I'm going to drop Resilient Sphere and cast Gaius. Mm. Mm -hmm. What save do I have <coughs> on that? Wisdom. Wisdom. Unfortunately, not a super wise creature. Um, okay, place a magical command on a creature that you can see within range, forcing it to carry out some service or refrain from some action or course of activity as you decide. Uh-oh. If the creature can understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or become charmed. Oh, so if it can't understand me, I'm screwed? Or if it's immune to charm. Oh, no. Well, While the creature is charmed by you, it takes 5d10 psychic damage. Okay, wait, can I roll to Ram. see if I would have known that before? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Give me okay. an arcana check. All right. I, here's the thing. Matt Mercer, may he rest in peace. Um, I'm just kidding. Oh, he's like, very much alive. Yeah. Um, drives me absolutely crazy that he doesn't let people do that. Oh. Like, if you say, um, I cast my ninth level spell, mm -hmm. happened against their um, campaign one, they're fighting Vecna. It's like the big thing, yeah. right? Like, she and me. His wife, right? <laughs> Marisha Ray goes and casts her ninth level spell, and he's completely immune to the damage. <laughs> and he was like, well, you cast it. And I was like, come on, man. Like, up. that is messed up. Really, I should have asked before, but I'm grateful, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 13. <laughs> <laughs> That's not super great. That's super great. Um, <laughs> roll one more time. All right. <laughs> 20. 30, 20. All right. Uh, I mean, you saw him reflect the spell. You feel like this was intended to kill you. Um, and if it's true, it can be resistant to magic in a lot of ways. Okay, well, instead, I'm going to cast Fly. I'm going to GTFO. All right. Very well. Um, it is going to take an opportunity attack against you. Fair. While you leave, folks at home, that's a reaction. Oh, bloody boys. 19. Okay. This creature crits on a 19. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Critical hit. Okay, well, we're getting ready to die. Here we go. Right. Double the dice. That's a one. A whopping two on that guy. Okay. 12 plus four. 16 points oh, of slashing. Not as bad as I thought. Oh, and you are in your hybrid form. So that's reduced to half. Oh, yeah. Perfect. So you take eight points of slashing damage. Um, Ether's chill. For intensive purposes, for all intents and purposes, you cannot fly. Okay. Right? Um, so if you have enough spell slots to maintain fly on yourself, mm -hmm. you would be able to get pretty dang far away. Wait, wait, so I can't fly, you said? You, you totally could. Oh, oh. Do you, how many spell slots above third? Like how many third, because fly is the third level spell. Yes. How many third level spell slots? So I've used... Does fly last an hour? Uh, minute? ten minutes? Oh. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, theoretically, like, you could get help, Right. To get into this. Sure. Sure. Um, so, for all intents and purposes, encounter over. Oh. Um, you have escaped. That was kind of scary. A flare crag cat. I don't know why I didn't think of fly first, but I did not think of fly. Folks at home, hope you enjoyed that. Um, the uh, crag cat is an interesting, it's an actual like creature in D&D. So, Justin... Take notes. Use it on this guy. Oh, uh, any worrisome. spell under 7th level that affects this cat has advantage on the saving throw. Wow. If it succeeds, it can use its action to put the spell back on the cat. Yeah, that was crazy. Filthy. I know. I was like, it's a good thing Filthy. that it failed because I would have died. Yeah. Probably. It has almost no hit points. 
Right, really. So it's like so low on hit points okay. that like a martial fighter mm -hmm. could hop in and just slash that bad boy up mm -hmm. so long as it's not magical damage. Wow. Yeah, so I would be dead. I have one knife. Yep. That's it. Which is super interesting because like, man, this is just gameplay talk now, yeah. not even related to the modifier we set out to. True. But man, you start out fighting in like a low level campaign and you fight all these creatures that are resistant and non-magical mm -hmm. damage. And you go in with no magical swords and you come in and you slash this beholder and guess what? He only takes half damage. Mm -hmm. But you flip it Chaos. to a higher level party. <laughs> Who has only magical stuff? Yeah. Dang, man, that's brilliant. If Justin did this on our campaign, it's only me and one other person that are original, that have our original characters. Everyone else has died. Really? Some multiple times. Beautiful. You love to see it. And so I'm like the OG. Like, yeah. and, and if I died, I'd fear for the, for the campaign. Interesting. <laughs> man, I love that. Ether's chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Or... Davy Jones kiss. Yeah. Not the best visual. <laughs> Dexterity, folks. What is it? According to the player's handbook, it is somebody's ability to be agile. I feel like that's a pretty lacking explanation. Um, from a game mechanic standpoint, dexterity affects your armor class, how hard you are to be hit, your initiative, how quickly you are able to jump into the fray. Um, it affects your stealth, your sleight of hand, your acrobatics, and your... I think that's it. Yep. And attacks with finesse and ranged weapons. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're using a rapier or you're using a short bow, that uses your dexterity modifier. Yeah. Right. Um, one of the more versatile modifiers. Um, I understand why, as a mage, you wouldn't have put that as your your focus. Yeah. Um, what would Ether be like had he made dexterity like say his second highest modifier? Um, maybe a little bit less wise because <laughs> the intelligence has got to stay. Um, but, um, I guess probably more able to dodge attacks, not, you know, like the guy who walks into the traps and has to like get healed by someone else. Mm -hmm. So that would be very helpful. Yeah. Cause again, right. That's your armor class, right? How hard you are to be struck by a blade. Um, dexterity is also the second highest, uh, save made. Second That's to true. wisdom. Yeah. Right. So it's not, wisdom's obviously like important, right? Like there's a lot of spells, especially against charm effects and frightened. Um, yeah. A lot of obviously like mental um, components to your gameplay mm. are affected by your wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Um, but almost everything physical is dexterity, right? If you're trying to dodge a fireball spell, mm -hmm. dexterity. Lightning bolt, dexterity. Um, is disintegrate dexterity. I don't know. I think it might be. Because it also might be constitution. But whatever the case, right? Some really heavy hitting spells are dexterity based. Mm -hmm. um, and a mage on mage combat dexterity could be the difference between surviving. That's or true. Not. That's However, though, concentration, man, concentration. <laughs> so you gotta have con high. Uh, moral of the story: have 18s on everything, and you should be just fine. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> Unless the dice betray you, in which case. That's the game, folks. <laughs> so, dexterity, man. Um, again, right? Like, the, the description in the player's handbook is uh, your agility, your speed. Um, although it doesn't directly tie into, like, your movement speed. Yeah. Um, like, what? Like, could we craft a better definition for dexterity than that? Sure. Yeah, so, um, in... In real life, you know, dexterity is really your ability to um, juggle the different components of your life and mm. create a fulfilling life. When you were talking about um, armor class, you know, dexterity is directly correlated to that. It made me think, okay, well, my resilience, like what people might say or, you know, different things that like I read or 
whatever whatever is coming at me from the outside i have the ability to decide how i deal with that and like how i cope with it i like that a lot yeah yeah like so the ability to handle external factors from within yeah right being able to with your own skill and talent and dedication and development Mm -hmm. be able to handle oncoming external factors like a sword yeah or handling two jobs yeah or learning an instrument right you know something about playing an instrument right yeah um so skill right i think i think skill has a lot to do with that but dang i really like handling external factors that is when you're talking about um, development too, it's um, a lot of development happens when you're um, willing to try new things and you're willing to um, do the the juggling game. Um, so it's almost like you have to have the dexterity mm-hmm. to be able to develop correctly and then be able to boost your AC. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Know. Huh. I am currently fascinated with the idea of like the concept of dichotomies, okay. right? Um, big fan of Leif Babin and Jocko Willink. Navy, Me too. Navy SEALs, you know. Yeah. Um, they got their uh, Extreme Ownership, amazing book. Amazing um, book. I think better than that is The Dichotomy of Leadership. I didn't um, read that one. It's amazing. And all it is is you can't be this and also this. You need to find the middle ground. Sure. Right? Um, but at the same time, like you have to separate two ideas. Um, with Ty last week, we were talking about wisdom, um, and it's dichotomy to intelligence Mm -hmm. a little bit. We didn't want to go too heavy into that. Okay. Um, but I think dexterity is, is very easily put in contrast to strength, right? Um, like if you compare a power lifter, like Afthor Bjornsson, uh, world's strongest man multiple times over to a gymnast Mm -hmm. or even Usain Bolt, right? Um, top of their fields in both regards, one could not perform nearly as well at that event as the other. Yeah. Right. So there is a a decision that needs to be made, um, to become specialized in strength or dexterous agility, skill-based for sure activity. Um, I think it's like, what would you prefer? I, it's hard for you because like you are a, a very skills driven individual. Like you are a talented musician. You focus on a lot of different things and you are not strong. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, so I guess rather than saying, what would you decide? Yeah. Uh, defend for me why you would think dexterity is more beneficial to your life than strength is. Um, taking into consideration what Allie and I talked about. Sure. Um, so I would say that in that instance, like if we're talking literal strength, um, I just recently had an encounter in Mesquite where I was charging. We were charging. My parents had a Tesla and we were on our way home from California. Okay. And I look out the window and I see two dudes beating the crap out of each other, like on the pavement. Okay. And we're outside of, we're outside of Casablanca, like just this <laughs> casino. And I'm in my, I'm pretty much in what I'm wearing right now. I'm in sandals and shorts and, and I got out of the car and ran over there and they're both easily 200, 250 pound dudes. Um, and, and it was like not even a question in my head, like, okay, like, am I gonna, what am I gonna do? It was more like, I saw this woman trying to break it up and it like shot through me. I was like, I'm going to do something. Hmm. I was super quick. I was able to get her out of the way and the instigator, I like, I feel like I've done enough training that I know, I knew who the instigator was and I grabbed him on the neck and took him down over my knee and held him on the ground. And then I told the other guy who kept coming over, I was like, if you keep coming towards us, I'm going to let him back up and we're both going to beat the crap out of you. <laughs> and so he backed up. And then um, the the person I was holding was the kid. Um, the mom came over and was like, hey, let him go. Like, And I'm like, no, we're waiting for the cops. I'm going to sit here and hold him until the cops get here. You know, in that instance, 
um, my dexterity, my development, and everything that I've learned, and the speed in which I took action, um, all came to play in that moment. They were a Latino family. I've been um, teaching myself Spanish for the last two years. I'm 90% fluent at this point. You know, I have friends that I can speak with, which really helps. And um, and then also I just went and got my EMT. And so I was able to assess him before the paramedics got there and, and I was able to pass them off, you know, or pass him off to them. And um, yeah, it was one of those moments that was really gratifying for me. I was like, I, you know, everything that I've been doing in my life has kind of come to this one moment where I'm like, yeah. my skills paid off. And it didn't matter that the guy was twice as heavy as I am you know yeah. I'm 170 this this dude if if I had taken a, a haymaker I'd be knocked out yeah. <laughs> yeah interesting it's probably one of those times where like you're like choking out the guy and it's like hey you're probably wondering how I got here <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then it just cuts to you know the montage know, dude at, at a at, yeah. you know learning yeah, getting, Spanish like, well, like getting the crap kicked out of me yeah. you know like yeah, yeah all the work I've put in to, to make it there yeah yeah that's interesting man and initiative bro yeah. initiative initiative right like here's what i would have done i'd have sat in that little comfy tesla and i would have popped out my phone and i would have said dang and no one filmed get that not one person so See, and that's how we know it didn't happen <laughs> exactly i'm like didn't happen thank goodness my wife was there and then i woke up <laughs> yeah exactly i know i went and told my jujitsu coach afterward and i was like I didn't even want to tell him until I had the video, so I contacted the police. I was like, "Yo, you guys get any security footage?" <laughs> I did because I was like, I didn't want to like post it anywhere, but I wanted to show my coach because I was like, "I I know he's not gonna believe me." <laughs> oh, that's too good, man. Yeah. Ah, Ether would be proud. I think so. Ether would be proud. Yeah, although he would have just disintegrated both of them. <laughs> Dude, Jocko would be proud. Jocko would be proud, man. Absolutely. I'd love to train with Jocko. Uh, I wouldn't. Um, <laughs> that sounds painful. Um, <laughs> man. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. I, like, the the coming from a, a fitness background over the last couple of years, yeah. um, obviously not now, I'm more fitness in my mouth and in my belly these days, um, like, the the idea of training for a very specific purpose mm -hmm. um when i was you know searching ye old interwebs for information on dexterity um a lot of it came back to finesse to skill to grace um and like those concepts are so interesting to me like understanding like how resilient the body can be and how specific you can train your body and the result that comes from that, right? Like yeah. the like if you take a look at a power lifter who trained as a power lifter for their whole life, mm -hmm. um, they are big, they are rotund, um, they typically have wider hips sure. than than typical individuals. Um, like the shoulders are wide, but not wide like a bodybuilder. And then you take a bodybuilder, right, who is just a, a you know, the X frame, right? <laughs> Super wide at the shoulders, yeah. tiny at the waist, huge at the thighs, mm -hmm. right? That's the whole objective there. Uh, you take somebody like a CrossFitter, um, take a look at like Matt Frazier, right? Top of his game, best there to ever do CrossFit. Uh, he is a rectangle. Mm. Um, from shoulders down to knees, it's just a box. Wow. And that's like Matt or uh, um, Noah Olson. Like you take all these like CrossFitter guys, that do everything and they look like a rectangle. Sure. Like they look like a fridge. Um, <laughs> and then you have Usain Bolt, who is seven feet tall, 200 pounds, just live and a gymnast, right? So, so like all yeah. these different training styles, they're all lifting weights. Mm -hmm. They're all lifting the same amount of weight, except for the powerlifters probably. Mm -hmm. um, but the way that they do it, the schedule that they do it on and with whom they do the activities with yeah. um, shows physically yeah. different, mm -hmm. right? Like taking a look at, at the two of us, right? Mm -hmm. Like obviously you're like a foot and a half taller than I am because I'm a little shrimp up. Um, <laughs> but I lift weights for bodybuilding purposes. Yeah. You do not, nope. right? So I look very differently than you do. Yeah. Um, and I would consider myself an undexterous athlete. Sure. Like I could climb, I could 
climb a mountain, whereas like, or maybe I could do it tie twice as fast you could get there you know but probably not <laughs> maybe not straight <laughs> up <laughs> these delicate hands you never no know way. you try <laughs> um so, so yeah like like the the idea that your perception is your reality right yeah. and where you focus that perception becomes your reality right what you focus on what you hone in on mm -hmm. um becomes you yeah. um so to become like to develop skill to develop maybe specifically finesse and grace mm -hmm. um which i would I'm, I'm fascinated by um what would that require you think like if you were to if someone were to come to you and be like caden i am severely lacking physical dexterous grace and finesse in my life, what would you recommend? What's that starting point like? I think that most people who get there, and I've been there, um, are maybe maybe just not putting themselves out there. You know, a lot of it is like you have to put yourself in the way of the the train to like sure. to learn how to like um, get hit by a not train. get hit. I guess I don't know. So it's like. Maybe, maybe it's like you have to, you have to try new things and you have to, um, find out what you like in, in order to like, uh, figure out what that thing is that you want to refine. Mm. So uh, like a lot of it for me has just been experimentation. You know, it's yeah. like you, like we, we have a fear that, oh, we're too old to get into jujitsu or, or I mean, speaking from personal experience, sure. um, too old to learn how to play the piano correctly you know yeah. there's there's plenty of things that we tell ourselves we put limitations on ourselves um and when it comes down to it it's really just not true it's about what you really want and what you're willing to um spend time um creating uh finesse i guess yeah you know or yeah yeah um ah man so let's back that up a little bit further then um, say, cause like the, the idea that you need to try mm -hmm. is I think inherent and is the, the, the catalyst for all of this. Right? Yeah. Like the, the trying of new things, like playing Dungeons and Dragons for the first time, yeah. you for sure are going to think that this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to play wizards and we're going to play in my friend's basement and we're going to talk in funny accents and wear elf costumes. That's exactly what like, I thought it would be like. <laughs> no, you don't need voices. The elf costume is a must, but the rest is like all whatever, man. Yeah. Um, That's all what you make it. But like you play it once and you're like, I, I see it. You know, yeah. I get it. Mm -hmm. And then you play it more and then more and more and then it's an addiction and then you're in financial troubles because you've <laughs> spent way too much on dice and uh, your marriage is on the rocks and, you know, like, <laughs> not speaking from experience because my marriage is great. Good. Good. I love my wife. Good. Um, and she loves that I love D&D, doesn't love it as much as me and that's okay. It's the exact same with my wife. <laughs> we're, we're okay. With yeah. Um, but, so, she, again, shout out wife, Allie. Um... Her ability to act, her initiative mm -hmm. is unmatched. Like her, like when she knows that something needs to be done, she will always do it. My initiative, garbage, mm. right? Um, and so that's something I've always admired in her is her ability to act and execute. Sure. Initiative being a, a dexterous based skill as it relates to the game mechanic. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> how does one start to act? So I have a really good answer for this because I think one of the reasons that I'm better at this is because I was so bad at it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and it got to a point where I was an over promiser and an under deliverer, which yeah. is, which is the worst combination, um, you can have, right? Yeah. It's every, the worst person of all time is what he, <laughs> <laughs> everybody expects so much from you. And, um, it's because you've, you've placed yourself there and yet, you yeah. know, when it comes down to it, you're bailing on things. And, yeah. and so what I started to do is when I said I was going to do something, I did it right that moment. Mm -hmm. Like if I, if I said, no, oh, I should really practice guitar. It's like, well, what are you doing right now? And it's like, if you're doing something, then you say, okay, well, I'm going to do it. You know, then, you know, it's like, if, yeah. if you don't have time for it, obviously you can't 
do it. But um, yeah, it's it's the practice of like creating realistic expectations for yourself and knowing yourself well enough to be able to um, set allow others to set realistic expectations. As yeah, well. interesting. Again, the external. And being able to handle that from yeah. the internal, right? Yeah. Like, because again, you can't control anybody's expectations necessarily. No. But you can you can set those boundaries, yep. and expectations can then be um, habitual. Exactly. Because right? like, yeah, exactly. Like, you you never will get to a place where there aren't expectations being broken because sure. those are other people's problems, not your own. But you right. can do the best to um, create, yeah, realistic boundaries. Even Jesus. <laughs> fell short of people's expectations there you go and he was perfect that's actually a great <laughs> great example yeah and his ac is a thousand <laughs> okay well he died but <laughs> it was his choice <laughs> yeah absolutely he <laughs> ah, slippery slope y'all <laughs> not suicide but it was still his choice dang fiction post um we don't have post. We're doing this raw. Um, <laughs> shoot. <laughs> uh, bummer. <laughs> Dang, what were we talking about? Initiative, doing things, right? Oh, yeah. There's a phrase that I like. I like phrases. Okay. Um, it is the doing of the thing that inspires the thing. Right? So when you are not wanting to exercise, you start exercising, you want to do exercise more. Yeah. You want to try playing piano, right? Shout out mom-in-law, learning uh, how to play piano. Oh, nice. um, practicing makes you want to do it because eventually you get better at it, yeah. right? Um, and I think that's an important concept. Like like you said, just, just the action mm -hmm. because the action alone is inspiring in and of itself. Yeah, well, and you start to build resilience throughout the act because it is not easy to start something new. Like, no you, you know, it's like all the time. The hardest part about learning to play guitar is getting to the place where you feel that gratification for what mm -hmm. you've done. And I think that's for probably any new skill, you know. Which brings up probably the most important modifier, constitution. Mm. I would argue... Tooth and nail, constitution is the most important modifier, least utilized. I think a constitution check, when done right, we're going to show you how to do that, is like what follows dexterity. Okay. Right? The initiative, you get going. You yeah. go to the gym. You bought your membership. You're mm -hmm. showing up. And then you're sore. Yep. And then you don't go anymore. Right, but then you get back up and go again, right? So maybe I am pretty dexterous because I am number one quitter in the world because I have tried more things and quit more things than most people have ever done in their life. Which is actually a great thing to say, you know. But I lack constitution. <laughs> Poor follow through. There's always time. So, constitution—that's what we're going to talk about next episode. Um, but yeah, tell us, folks, what your thoughts are on the dexterity modifier. How do you use it? Uh, with your game character, um, are you a dexterous rogue, a live fighter with a rapier? Um, are you a lurpy wizard who has an okay dexterity but can escape a flare crag cat? By flying. By flying away Pretty with cool. magic. <laughs> um, thanks again, man. Yeah, Where can we find you? Um, so you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, it's at Cade Music, C-A-Y-D Music. Um, I also have a couple of businesses I'm working on. So, you know, we got Monsters.Rent, which is like a D&D &D specific business. And, Check it out. Yeah, and I have a, a new one that's going to be launched really soon. And so if you follow me on Instagram, you'll you'll see it. Yeah. You can also listen to some of my music um, in... I don't know if you wanted them to listen to the old music. Our music? Yeah. Well, see, I have that music and I have new music. Yeah. So so my my newer band is called Texture Love. You can look that up on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, our old band was called... The Viceroys. The Viceroys. I forgot for a second. <laughs> I think it's with two eyes. Viceroy never died. <laughs> pretty cool. So. Yeah. We, were, we were pretty good. Yeah. 
I didn't hate it. Um, thanks, man. Yeah, dude. Folks, thanks for tuning in. This is the Dungeon Mastermind Podcast. Um, if you want to join in and rebuttal everything that Caden has talked about today, bring it on. I would encourage you to do so. Would not be hard. Um, <laughs> should you come and join in, I do have some lovely little dice here um, from Viridian Dice. Um, I actually had a good conversation with the CEO, um, and he hooked me up with these. So, wow. shout out them. Um, pretty cool setup there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be having him on uh, here in a little bit as well, the CEO. Sweet. So, that'll be pretty cool. Um, are we hitting big time? Yeah. Yeah, we're making it, man. We're huge. We are Matt Mercer now. Um, <laughs> I am now the face of Critical Role and Dimension 20 at the same time. Folks. So long. Peace out. Tell your mom you love her. Uh, tell your siblings that you love them if you have them. Um, if you don't have them, tell a stranger that you love them. Uh, but whatever you do, act first. Because initiative matters. Through that. So long.